I was thinking this week about my dad. A couple of weeks ago, uh, my dad has, been, uh, had passed, has passed away, be 15 years now. And I was thinking about him the other day, and one of my most endearing memories of my dad, he was quite a character, is um, turning up one day, we told him that we were coming, and, you know, I was an... I, am an only, was an only child, I am an only child, and so my grandchildren were the only grandchildren, okay, to ever be. And my dad was so excited to be a grandfather for the length of his days. It was the joy of his life to, to be a granddad. And I rung um, and said that we were coming over and we pulled up and they live in this cul-de-sac and he saw us coming and I'm going to have to put my mic down to do this. But this was my dad. Please don't roll off. Please don't roll off. <laughs> this is my dad. <laughs> I know, it's a little worrying. It's not your common stance. But it made me laugh when I walked up the street because it was like he had this pure, unbridled joy that he just had no way to express apart from standing on the driveway, clapping his hands above his head. And I know it, it sounded <laughs> strange, but I could see him coming up the street. And there was no question in my mind. Before I could even see his face, before I could hear the clapping, his posture told me everything I needed to know. That he was so amazingly joyful for us to be coming to visit. It's not that we didn't come to visit, don't get me wrong, but he was just so excited and his posture reflected that. There was honestly, no one in the street would have walked out and thought, gee, Don looks a little bit sad today. He just was just, no misunderstanding of, of what his posture was reflecting. And my dad, you know, my dad didn't have an easy life. So he had to choose his posture. And it always amazed me that he continued to choose that posture. He was born um, in the Great Depression, just before the Great Depression started in the war. Not the war, in the Great Depression. Things were bad in England. Um, his family life was less than ideal. His, when he was about um, 10 years old, his mother ended up... <clears throat> trying to take her own life and succeeded in taking not her life but the life of his little sister who was two. She was, and he, my dad was the one who came home and found them. Um, my grandmother was put into, back then there was no such thing as mental health, she was just put in a mental asylum for the rest of her life. My dad's father decided that he couldn't raise the three boys, it was too much for him. So they were farmed out to relatives in the Great Depression and Dad didn't have very fond memories about that. He was a bit of a rat bag. Back in the day, he said he used to shimmy up the light poles when they used to light them. There were candles and blow them out. Um, so he was a rat bag, but he didn't have very fond memories. He felt that, and you know, I look at it now as an adult and I think it was the Great Depression. His aunts probably didn't have enough to feed their own families, let alone having another three mouths to feed. He left, um, he joined the Navy during the war, left um, England, um, was on a, an aircraft carrier for a few years, had some horrendous stories about that. When he got back to England, he decided that he would be a 10-pound pom, paid 10 pounds for his voyage, came to Australia, knew no one, met my mum, got married. That should have been the good part, right? And they discovered that 
um, after many attempts, that they couldn't have children. My mum became very depressed. They got me. That was a good point, right? My my mum, my mum never really recovered. But my dad, his posture, he always looked for the good. He always looked for the joy. In the midst of a seemingly quite hard life, my memories of my dad are his posture. His posture in any circumstance. He was strong and he was joyful. And posture's a little bit amazing like that. He had to choose it. It wasn't natural. He had to choose it. And I guess I didn't realise as a young person that he was doing that. I just thought he was a happy person. But I realise now that he had to choose his posture. And he did. And that day that I saw him on the driveway, which will ever remain in my mind, it kind of encapsulated the person that he was in that he was determined to just enjoy every moment and he didn't care what anyone thought. And there he was, joyful, unbridled, strange joy, but no one had any doubt as to the fact that he was about to enjoy his grandchildren and that he was excited about life. See, posture's amazing like that. It, it portrays how you are feeling without you actually having to say anything. Posture. Isn't that funny? Before you can see people's faces sometimes, you know how they're feeling just by their posture. And it's amazing how intentionally changing your posture can alter the way that you feel. Who's ever felt stressed? You get stressed and everything gets tight, you know, and you kind of, your shoulders kind of sink down and you get kind of, and then you stop, or someone reminds you, if you have a husband like mine, someone reminds you to stop, take a deep breath, shoulders back, head up, and immediately without anything changing, you feel different. Because your posture in life is really important. Our outward posture sends a message to the world without us having to say a word. It just does. If I come up here this morning and it's like, you know, I'm really excited, preached, I've uh, got a great word, can't wait to encourage everybody with what I've got to say, it's going to be life-changing. Already you're going, not so excited for this word. But if I come out this morning, I'm like, I am so excited to be here this morning. I have such a great word and I cannot wait to share it with you because it's going to be life-changing. It's not even just the tone of my voice. My whole posture communicates. Just think about it. Just think about posture. And it's not just in humans. Just think about if you're going into a yard, someone's yard, if you want to visit someone that you've not visited before, right? You're going in. This happens to me all the time. And you see a dog. First thing you check, is there a fence? No fence. Okay. Is it on a chain? And if so, how long is said chain? No, it's not on a chain. The next thing you check is, what's its posture? If it's lying there, looking at you, drooling out the side of its mouth with its tail wagging, I'm okay to go in the yard. But if that posture changes to it on its feet, standing quite strong, with its eyes, beady little eyes, on me and its teeth bared, I'm not going in that yard. It hasn't barked, it hasn't done anything, but its posture tells me everything I need to know about the situation I'm about to enter. 
And I think these last few years, to be honest, have changed the posture of the world in a way that I have never seen in my lifetime. Our whole posture has changed. We went from relatively confident and carefree as a world to do whatever we wanted, to make travel plans, to make plans for our lives, to plan weddings and to, you know, attend funerals and to do really what we wanted, to just, we were confident, carefree. To now, you know, and I think it's, there's still a little bit of residual there where we're not overly confident to make plans to leave the house and every time we do, we check the news to see where the next part of the strain is at and what is happening and, you know, if you want to travel, it's a whole lot more complicated now with what you need to do and it depends on what country you're going to. And our, our posture became a little bit tentative at best, didn't it? Or is that just me? I think some were angry. You've got to admit it, some of you were angry. Some were angry. It's like, I just, I don't like this. Confused. I'm still a little confused. But I'd have to say I was confused before, so nothing, nothing has really changed. Um, and confined and restricted, I found people, when you talk to them, were less able to, to talk about their plans or make plans or even be confident to say what they were doing next week. And I think as a church, you know, I... What I'm going to share this morning, I really feel like, and I'm hesitant to ever say this, but I really feel like it's something that needs to be said to us. I felt like it was a message for me. I'm not saying this is the word of the Lord. I'm saying this, I felt, was pertinent for us as a church. I think as a church, we became hesitant. We were great. We, we pivoted. We made changes, we adapted, we did all that we could do to keep community going and to, and to keep a joyous and, and positive attitude. But I, I think that as time wore on as a church, not just our church, the church, we got, got a little bit more humbled because, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I thought this would be over. We just, it's hard sometimes to keep a posture of faith when something is long term. It's hard. Uh, we became definitely more beseeching, oh God, when is this going to ever end? Please, Lord, can you please finish this up? Prayerful. Because we felt we didn't have the answers to the complexities of life. Did anyone feel like that? Where is God in all of this? Where is he? But you know, whenever we get to that point, I think we've got to remind ourselves, oh, I might not have the answers, but I actually know someone who does. And even if he hasn't chosen to reveal said answers to me, which would have been very helpful, it still gives me confidence that if I know someone who does know the answers and the way forward, then my posture can remain confident. I think of Moses, you know, I think of Moses in that scene in, in the Old Testament where they're going to battle and all Moses has to do is stand with his arms raised and they will win the, the battle. And I think this is pertinent because we can look at it and think, poor old Moses, you know, someone bought him a stool, he sat down, got a bit tired, he was old. All he had to do was keep his hands raised, a posture of strength, a posture of faith, a posture of victory. But he got tired and his hands started to sink. And as his hands started to sink, the battle started to change. And so what happened? 
he had two young men come alongside and hold his hands in the air so that he could remain in a posture of faith. And I think, what a picture for the church. What a picture for the church. I know people in this room who have had long-term circumstances that have been debilitating, disappointing, and just downright hard. And we can go, have a posture of faith. And they can. But as time goes on, it's harder to keep your hands in the air because you get tired. And as a church and as a community, we come alongside, just like we did praying before, and we hold people's hands up so that they can keep that posture. And I think sometimes as a church, we can struggle with that humility thing. Well, I don't want to be too bold. You know, I just don't want to be too bold. I, I, you know, Bible says I should be humble. Can I just address that just for a moment? There is nothing wrong with the posture of humility. I was at a conference just recently where this word actually started to percolate in my heart. And we were, um, it was beautiful. We were in this beautiful moment of praise. And I looked around and some people were like this. And this, this beautiful young girl that I know, she was kind of all scrunched over, looking very humble. And it came to my mind, was like, no, 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 this is not a time for that. This is a time for this. God wants to change our posture, church. He wants to change our posture. We've gone through a tough season. Some of us are tired. Some of us are still in seasons in our personal lives where things are not looking like they should. Some people lost businesses, jobs, careers. And then add to that our own personal issues of health, of finance. And we can get a little tired. And I feel like God wants to say to us today, it is time to change your posture. It is time to change your posture. There is nothing wrong with a posture of humility as long as you understand what that is. Because we can feel like humility is making ourselves small and not, you know, like insignificant. And this is really humble. And it's not about me. It's all about Jesus. Well, it is all about Jesus. That's true. But humility, by dictionary definition, is a freedom from pride or arrogance. It's nothing about making yourself, belittling yourself to make someone else bigger. Humility shouldn't be confused with low self-esteem. That's not humility. Timidity. Feelings of inferiority or self-degradation while being humble requires acknowledging our own difficulties, and we all have them, shortcomings and limits. It doesn't mean making a show of them. Humility means living in the truth and just accepting we're not perfect. Well, the truth is he has done everything that needs to be done for us to live a life that is one of faith and of victory, and of purpose. He's already done it. He's already done it. Contemporary psychology uses the term authenticity more than humility. I like that. It means living the truth about oneself, being honest with oneself and others. Humility is a sign of psychological and spiritual maturity. That's, not, that's, that's just contemporary psychology, people. And of interior freedom. In Christian tradition, humility is about centering our lives on God, understanding that we are not perfect, that we make mistakes, that life can be challenging, but our lives are centred on Him and therefore our posture can be one of faith, can be one of joy, can be one of 
of healing, can be one of breakthrough because we understand that our posture reflects him, not us. Not us. So if our lives are centred on God and not on ourselves, this should give us great hope for not only today, but for the future. It should mean that our confidence is in him and his ability to not only know the beginning from the end, because he does, but have orchestrated it from the, the very beginning of time. So we understand that we're, just, we're in this little blip of time. God went before it and he goes after it and our response is to be those people whose posture is I know him, I believe him, And what he says I know to be true. And it's not denying your circumstances by any means. But it's understanding that you can have a position of faith and of confidence no matter what situation you're facing. Revelations 1 verse 8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is existing forever and who was continually existing in the past and who is to come, the almighty, the omnipotent, the ruler of all. I love that because no matter where you fall in that, it doesn't matter. He is the same. He is able. He is our confidence. He is our strength. And when it takes it off us, it's so much easier to walk through things. I'm not just depending on my wisdom. Thank God for that. I'm not just depending on the wisdom of other people. I'm not just depending on my feelings. I have something that I can depend on that will see me through every situation and circumstance in life. I find, though, it's much easier to tell other people that. You know, it's going to be okay, Sam. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You'll be fine. It's easier to say it to other people. When it comes to me, I find it a little bit harder. A little bit harder. It's a little bit harder, too, when you think about what we've been through. And I hate to revisit this, but there has been an effect from what we've been through over the past three years. There has. And it's a little harder to maintain that posture when something we've never seen before, the whole world as we know it, is challenged by a global pandemic that changes everything, affects everyone. I don't think it didn't affect anyone. Brings division, brings conflict, brings confusion. And every time we think we're through it, it's back. You know, we bring, read the newspaper, it's like mask mandate. And I'm like, oh, you know... Um, Vaccination number 375, please sign up now. It's like, when will this be over? But can I tell you, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if that's the case, then we're okay, people. We kind of feel like this is the worst thing that has ever happened to the world. Well, it isn't. And it probably won't be. But our responsibility is not to kind of compare it, but to actually have a posture of confidence of faith, of steadfastness that says, I I don't actually know the answers, but I know someone who does. I know the end of the story. You know, I'm really bad with stuff like this. I'm an avid reader. I've read about 21 books in the last month and a half. I love reading. 
I don't like suspense, which really is difficult because the sort of books that I like to read are suspenseful. So I'm in this paradox all the time. I love crime fiction. Sometimes it gets a bit much for me. So I skip to the end. <laughs> Make sure everything's okay. I don't need to know what happened. I just need to know everything's okay. And then I come back. I do it with movies too. We'll watch them. I get to a point where I have to leave the room because it's too suspenseful. And then I come back in and I say to Chris, is everything okay? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, good, I can watch the rest of it now. I just need that little assurance, you know? That's why I need God. <sighs> 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13 says this. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. Did you get that? Normal. It's normal. Sometimes as Christians, it's like, I, things are not happy. What is wrong? God, what are you doing to me? Why am I having this period of testing? Normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. God will be faithful to you. Even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it, he will still be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. If you've ever gone, I can't bear this. Well, yeah, you can. I can't bear this. We well, can. You know, what you're saying is, I don't want to bear this. I don't like this. That's natural. But you can. And each test is an opportunity. Oh, we love this. To trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. Sometimes we just have to suck it up, people. We don't like it, but I've looked at the, the seasons in my life where I've grown the most have been the seasons where I've been tested the most. When I'm just cruising along in life, I don't need to grow when I've got a challenge or a conflict or a difficulty or a health issue or something is not going the way I want it to, I can do one of two things. I can give up, which is never helpful because it doesn't go away. You just have to face it another time. Or I can just dig in with God and say, I don't, I don't like it. I don't understand it. But I will have a posture that trusts you. And at 58 years of age, I can tell you that he has never, never never let me down. Some things have taken longer than I would have liked them to. Some things have required me getting help from other people. Some things have required me going to seek experts' advice. But God has never, ever, ever let me down. And I've always walked out of it bigger. Times that are testing or challenging are just part of life. Always an opportunity to trust Him more with a confidence that God knows the beginning, from the middle, from the end. And sometimes it doesn't look like what you want it to look like. I think a classic example of this is Joshua when he goes to the Battle of Jericho. And, and we love to look at that because we know the beginning to the end. Someone told us the end of the story. But I like to look at it from Joshua's perspective. Okay, God says to him, be strong and very courageous before he tells him the plan. I think that's interesting. It's like, you are going to win this battle. Be strong and very courageous. And he's very excited. And then God tells him the plan. And it is the 
weirdest, kookiest, most ridiculous plan I've ever seen in my life. And then I think about Joshua going to his mighty men and saying, it's okay, guys. We're going to be strong and very courageous. Here's the plan. He would have had to present that so well. It's like, here's the plan. We're literally going to walk around the city. We're going to let the, let the um, trumpets play. Well, that's encouraging. And, um, and then we're not going to say anything. We're not going to speak a word. We're just going to walk around. And see, because we know the end, we go, well, of course, it worked. But you think about those people. So we're going to walk around this highly fortified city and we're just going to let the trumpets play. Oh, yeah, 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 but it's got a big finish, right? It's got a big finish. On the seventh day, wait for it, we're all going to shout. Excellent. Sounds like a great plan to me. Does that sound like a great plan to you? And we, I, can't, I think we kind of look at that city as being, oh, well, everybody would have just been inside. They would have had, you know, armed people. But it was a fortress, people. If it's a fortress, there's generally an army. So it was highly fortified. It didn't mean it had thick walls. It meant it was highly fortified. And we're just going to walk around it. Let the trumpets play. March around. That makes it look more like an army. Better than skipping, I guess. And then the last day we're going to shout and the wall's going to fall down. And every man and woman and whoever else was there had to have a posture of faith and a posture of victory. Otherwise they wouldn't have done it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. He had to maintain a strong and courageous posture, even though the plan plan sounded unusual in the least. Imagine if he'd gone to his army, and I'm just assuming because I didn't see him, but imagine if he'd gone to his army and said, okay, fellas, um, so God's given me this plan. I'm not really confident in it, Um, but hey, let's give it a go. I don't know that they would have gone with him. I am sure because God told him at the beginning, be strong and very courageous. He needed it, not just for the walk around the walls, but to lead his army. And I feel like God has said to us, church, be strong and very courageous in what you're facing, in what you're facing personally, in what's going on in the world. Be strong and very courageous. Have a posture of strength and of faith. So what about you? What circumstance or situation are you facing? Are you in the midst of? Where you know that God is saying to you, be strong and very courageous. Where you've tried to maintain a posture of faith, but nothing seems to be working. Nothing seems to be changing. Nothing seems to be altering and it's starting to feel very unfair. This feels unfair to me. Can I just encourage you? You can't afford to go into unfair. Joshua could have said that. This seems unfair. Why couldn't you have just invented rocket launchers and we could have just got over with it? But no, you can't afford that. What are you facing today where you either need someone to come alongside and help you lift your arms, but you know that your posture needs to change? The way that you're facing life needs to change, taking you from bowed down and confined and and unsure to standing with your arms wide, stretched, full of strength, full of courage, full of trust, not in who you are and your ability to walk through it, but in who he is and what he's done and continues to do in your life. 
The other thing with posture, you know, if we're like this, have you ever tried to give someone to something when they're like this? They can't even take it. They can't take it. You can't receive anything when you're like this. It's just impossible. Where are you going to put it? Between your knees? I don't know. Where are you going to put it? But when you stand with your arms wide, ready to receive, in a posture of courage, in a posture of faith, then anything, anything is possible. 2 Corinthians verse 2, 14 to 15 in the message says this. This is one of my favourite, favourite verses. In the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Through us, He brings knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathe in the exquisite fragrance. Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognised by those on the way of salvation. An aroma redolent with life. I like the thought of that. I like the thought of Christ leading us in a perpetual victory parade. Again, not because of us, but because of Him. The ability to walk through life as part of a perpetual victory parade is not only good for our posture, but it's actually good for the posture of people around us. It gives off the right message. It's hard to say, come follow Jesus. It's going to be difficult. It's like, come follow Jesus. He never lets you down. Come follow Jesus because He gives you the ability to stand no matter what's happening. In faith, with our hands raised, grateful for everything that He's done and continues to do. So today, I want to encourage you. I'm choosing my posture in this season. I'm choosing it. Just like my dad had to choose his posture. Just like Joshua had to choose his posture, strong and very courageous. I'm choosing my posture in this season. And I'm determined to stand with my arms raised, my heart abandoned, full of faith, full of trust, full of courage, full of expectation, not letting the challenges get me down, but just determining to let them grow me. And I want to encourage you today, who wants that? Who wants that? I've asked the worship team to come. Well, one of them's come. Can I ask the worship team to come? I chose the stand, the song that we sang before I spoke very intentionally this morning. And I'm going to actually get them to come. And we're going to sing a little bit of it again. So why don't we stand together? Because what I want to do today is I want to infuse you with faith. I want to infuse you with courage. I want you to be reminded. I want your hearts to be filled as you leave this morning, no matter what you're facing, with a courage and a determination and a stance of a posture of faith as you go into this next week.